1: And to welcome on in. It is Overtime with John of the Beetle in here with you on a Friday. Had a lot of fun last night. Went out to the uh, Best of Cleveland event at the Science Center. Ran into a lot of listeners there. It's funny because with Thursday Night Football on, a lot of people got very confused. They're like, wait, I know you do the night show. Why aren't you working right now? That was the number one thing. Why aren't you working right now? I'm like, Thursday Night Football. and They're like, oh, oh yeah, okay the whole point of the event is i just eat a lot of food though it's a, it's got a lot of different stations and everything and so it's got all the best restaurants and uh you just go like station to station and you eat a lot of food which is really it's a problem for me because as you guys know i've been trying to eat better i've been trying to work out a little bit i've been doing the treadmill i got this wedding coming up in a week where i'll see all my best college friends and i know they're just going to say hey jp uh why don't you you know put down the burger every now and then and maybe pick up a salad and i'll have to respond back and say Uh, I had a change of job because that's what I did, basically. I changed jobs. I went from updates to nighttime show host. So I had a change of jobs. My wife changed her job. We bought a house and had a child all in the previous calendar year. It's okay if the workouts kind of went to the back burner. It's all right if I was more worried about making sure that a a little child was made, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I could actually, like, survive as opposed to, you know. Me putting on or losing weight. But now I got no excuses. Now I'm fresh out of excuses. And I went to one of the, uh, supplement stores today. Because I wanted to pick up some protein. What I, what I learned in the past like week and a half is protein's really good for me. Just in general. But protein's good for me after I do some of the running. And then I, I feel a little, I feel full. Right? I feel full. I feel good. And then everything's all right. So I go to pick up some protein. And this guy at the counter, he asked me if I had a rewards number. And I said, uh, I used to have a rewards number. I, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't shopped here in a really long time. And then he just stone looks at me and goes, yeah, it shows. (sighs) I say all that to say this. I ate a lot of bad food yesterday. Obviously, that dude had his comment. I took it in stride because I'm non-confrontational and did not respond back any sort of nasty way. Plus, he's a guy that works at a supplement store. Uh, That's all you need to know about him as far as uh, whether or not he looks like a bodybuilder. You know he does. I've basically been living off of two protein shakes and like a tiny tiny half tin of hummus that's what I'm working with today because I've been shamed into the guy from the supplement store and basically I'm not gonna eat for three days I don't think and then mixed with the fact that I ate a ton last night and uh, I mean I basically ate like a whole week's worth of food last night it's at all these stations they just had they got pizza they got sushi they got burgers they got pasta they it's everywhere and so I did a bad job last night. Guys, shame me today. I I might be malnourished and I might be faded by 10:15. But I promise you, I will give you my all until we. I don't know if I pass out here, James, because I'm just too hungry. You got to make sure you take over, okay? I James and Jake and you guys can battle it out for all I care. Doesn't matter to me if I pass out. Let the show go on. Just leave me. Don't call the ambulance. Don't call
0: the hospital. I'll be fine. No, no, no. We'll, we'll at least contact. Your I'll loved be fine. No, you don't but even we'll, have to do that. No, no. Uh, we we no, because we, we can't just have you sitting here. That'd be really uncomfortable. You know, and maybe and shove takes. some of
1: those Necco wafers that are hanging out outside. Maybe sh- shove some of those in my mouth well, if you can. If you can spare a uh, a second or two. you Want me to just prop you up like weekend at Bernie's? That's well, weekend at Bernie's. He was just straight up dead. I don't. I I would imagine I'd still have a pulse. Check to see if I have a pulse first, okay? We're not going to, if I if I actually die, I, I don't want you to like put the hat on me and then put the sunglasses on and be like, that's G. Bush's problem tomorrow morning, not mine. But as long as I got a pulse, then you're good. Do the show. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Somebody will figure it out at least. Anyway, happy to be with you guys today. Uh, we had a lot of Browns news. It's one of these days where I wrote a bunch. Leading into today, like I got really, I was gassed up in a couple of different takes. I was feeling it. And this was more than just the 49ers and the Browns, obviously. I had a whole Deshaun Watson idea. Now, my Deshaun Watson idea, uh, I don't know where it was in the week leading up. I just know it was kind of like a cousin of what I said about a week and a half ago on Wednesday and we podcast these things so you can go back and read and uh read it you can listen to it if you want it's all right there it's hanging out for you You're like Jonathan that never happened no you can go back you can you can listen to it when nobody was saying that he w- he wasn't going to play against the 49ers i was the only one out there on an island saying the dude's not playing against the 49ers and i was thinking earlier today and i'm going to read you what i wrote now we just we have a trust together I'm not a lying person, but I know people that say they're not a lying person typically are liars. This is a different setting. I, I I can't. There's no other way for me to do this. Okay. There's 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 no other way for me to do this. So you're just going to, have to take my word for it. But I was coming up with a a unique and different take leading towards what basically ended up happening and what Mary Kay reported today. Here's what I wrote. Seems like he either doesn't speak or when he does, he's telling us half-truths and nonsense and talking about Stefanski. But I said it's not crazy to think that Deshaun won't play until he's 100%. At 90%, even then he knows we won't rewrite history to be kind to him. So maybe he just does what so many athletes before him have done and just called it a day unless he feels perfect. Because he's been so beat up in the media and through the fan base, which I don't know if he's taken into account the redemption story he can have if he plays awesome. And a lot of people will end up forgetting about that. So what I was writing before the show at roughly 2 o'clock and then moving forward is exactly what came true today. k you're just joining us. You're like, Jonathan, I was listening to Mike Valeni, the flamethrower himself, and Boomer Esiason. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mary Kay Cabot reported today Deshaun could miss multiple games, multiple more games, with a strain-like deep contusion in his rotator cuff. They won't play him until he can throw normally and pain-free. He wants to be 100% is the point. There's always two ways that you can go about doing this. Joe Burrow's route, where he played through the injuries, took the lumps, or the Deshaun route. 100% health and pain-free, and anything short of that, and I might as well be the kid that refills the Gatorade cooler because I'm not playing in that game. He's not the first athlete to do this. Obviously, I'm not going to come up with examples of scrubs, has-beens, never was. So when I tell you two names that it made me think of, they're obviously big names. And they're names that will resonate. But I think there is an inherent advantage to having an athlete that has made their money or is going to make their money or anywhere in between where they know that they're taken care of and the guy that genuinely is playing for every last hour he's got. I think there's a massive difference between the two. And Deshaun falls in the same category as these guys. There's two athletes I thought of right off the rip with this story. Zion last year. Because Zion last year was doing 360 dunks before a playoff game and then not playing in that playoff game. He said he was fine, but he wouldn't play until he feels like himself again, which I believe the expert the excerpt that he had was that he used he used third person in the quotes. He was like, "I won't play until Zion's 100% again." And I'm like, "I in my mind, I was like, "Whoa, whoa. Third person talking about your own health? Little odd. Little odd." David Griffin, who we remember here from Cleveland, in New Orleans, claimed that Zion was never cleared to play. All right, then. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Derek Rose, the rose that grew from the concrete, exact same story as what we're seeing with Deshaun Watson. Exact same story as Zion Williamson. I know the Chicago in me is going to go to number one with the Bulls and the MVP winner. I get that. But that's where my mind instantly did go. I thought of Zion. I thought of Derrick Rose. I thought of the idea that we have seen this before. I'm about to pull a Daryl Ryder and tell you this doesn't surprise me since it's almost impossible to surprise Daryl. It's one of the weird quirks with Daryl. Makes me want to throw him a surprise birthday party one day, like the ultimate surprise. I'll, I'll kill him with niceness and, uh, and a good time in a surprise birthday party. That's how I'm going to finally get him. But I was writing this. I was going through this. I was thinking about this. This is exactly as I thought this was going to go down. And I won't hurt myself patting myself on the back here. It just, this seemed like the playbook. And then the more and more you think about it, the more and more it just became obvious why Kevin Stefanski sounded so unlike Kevin Stefanski for the previous week and a half. It, it, it becomes so much more obvious why Andrew Barry didn't really sound like Andrew Barry. Think about it. The writing was on the wall for this. Since it's not the first time we've seen high-profile athlete take this route, it's the only time you're going to see a head coach and a GM so far off from where their player is. Because Stefanski and Barry saw this potentially happening from a mile away. They were trying to downplay the situation so that it would pressure Deshaun into playing and not going down this route. But they forgot the reason why Deshaun can pull this all off. He doesn't care what the media think. He doesn't care what the fans think. He doesn't care what anyone says about him. The allegations broke that man about any opportunity or any chance you, me, any one of us had in being impressionable on Deshaun Watson. The man doesn't care. He just doesn't care. It's incredible. I almost was going to do a Rick James with your couch impression, but we're not going to go down that road. The man just does not care. It's incredible. And so because he doesn't care, he doesn't have to be beholden to anybody in the media or anyone saying anything else. So the the only route that Stefanski or Barry thought they could go down was bullying him, essentially. No, he's not that bad. He's Come on, he's not that bad day-to-day, day, he'll be fine, and downplaying what this incident was and what this this injury is so that you can turn around and then you can see. And all of a sudden, you know, guys like Brady Quinn and guys like uh, all sorts of different other people that appear on all the national shows and everything like that, they can all turn around and say, I've been medically cleared. I, I would play through being medically cleared. And it makes him feel like a wimp. It makes him look like a chump. It makes him look like he's not really wanting to be out there because that's the messaging that Stefanski and Barry have been sending out. But it's really just an act of desperation. It's an act of desperation because they know Deshaun holds all the power. You can't force Deshaun to play football. Deshaun is going full Zion Williamson here. There's nothing you can do about it. He's going to wait until he's 100% Hell. He might even—it's gonna make a lot of people mad. You know, Zion did the 360 dunks before the playoff game. Wouldn't surprise me if Deshaun Watson on Sunday went out to the field and threw absolute dimes right in every paying fan's face. Wouldn't surprise me. But you know what? He's gotta feel 100%. That's his mo. And then you're gonna watch—you're gonna watch him throw awesome passes 40 yards down the field in the pregame, and then turn around and watch P.J. Walker. And that squirt gun of an arm, he's going to try to showcase. Oh baby! I mean, my goodness. Let's get it rolling. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. He's not going to play until he's pain free. He could miss multiple more games. Did you expect Deshaun to battle it out a little bit more? And are you upset that he's going to wait this thing out, or do you think this was the right call? It's time with Jonathan Bidlin here with you on the fam. <laughs> All right, back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with John of the Beautiful.
2: One.
1: Are you upset Deshaun's going to wait this thing out, or you think this was the right call? You know, I, I feel like last week we discussed the idea that missing this game was the right call because it's a 49ers. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. You don't really have a great chance, even with a healthy Deshaun Watson of taking down San Francisco right now. They've scored 30-plus points in every single game this year. Hal Shanahan is, for my money, the best coach in the league, not named Andy Reid, and that's really only negated by the fact that Andy Reid has done what he's done with Patrick Mahomes. I, I, he's incredible. Shanahan's incredible. They have a great defense. They have a, a guy last year that was the Defensive Player of the Year in Bosa with 18 and a half sacks, like 90 pressures on the season. They're they're just they're a machine. You hadn't noticed? They're one of my favorite teams in the NFL. And if you made me bet my own dinero on it, I would bet as of right now, tomorrow, if we did kind of like a March Madness-style bracket where we just saw a bunch of one-versus-one games in the NFL, I would bet on the 49ers as of right now. It's fine. I was to a podcast like a week ago. People were wondering whether or not they'd go 17-0. and that's, that's where people currently are with San Francisco. Everyone gets to be the flavor of the week. It happens. I feel like the the 49ers are going to be more than just a flavor of the week. But we've gone through this now every single week of the NFL season. It feels like somebody's at the top of the, the conversation. We're right now hitting after a Dallas Cowboys blowout win for the 49ers. They're that team. So I think a lot of people are on board with the idea that he would miss that game. The news today, though, that is entirely different and new is that Deshaun might miss multiple games moving forward, and he's going to wait it out until he's 100%. I think I know why. When you're an athlete, you get perks, right? Like I think that's understood. Being a pro athlete's got a lot of perks that we don't have as working members of society. But one disadvantage is that their gig has is that if they don't play for whatever reason, it directly affects their paychecks. They need to be out there playing. Deshaun doesn't have to. Deshaun can say he stubbed his toe every week for the next four years and then take the paychecks and go to the Bahamas if he wants to, if that's what he decides. He really doesn't have to do a thing, and he'll be set for life. His kids' kids will be driving Lambos, even if he never throws a touchdown again. I think Deshaun believes that he plays at 100% or he shouldn't play at all because why risk the embarrassment attached to it? And I'm not saying embarrassment from me or you or anyone else because I don't think he can get embarrassed by us. I know everyone's like, oh, but he blocks everyone on Twitter. Clearly he cares what people think. I don't think that's actually him going out there and blocking people, okay? Like when I got blocked by Baker Mayfield... I genuinely thought that was Baker Mayfield, you know, punching the block button because that was a very online person. That man was everywhere and anywhere, and I don't know for being a, a quarterback of an NFL team, that man seemed like he had a lot of time on his hands to be doing a lot of things that weren't football. It was incredible, playing video games the night before massive games with just random fans, different things like that that Baker did. I have no idea how he was able to do it. I just, I just don't think Deshaun is doing it. I think it's Deshaun's people. I don't think he's the one out there searching his name, dialing it up, and then. And, and the reason why I can say that is because after what he went through with the allegations and everything attached to it, I think he just got numb to the criticism. Everyone goes through this at some point when they're early in the NFL. Really, and you can use this in any medium too. I'm going to use me as an example, and I have nowhere near the reach of any any person, not any person that plays in the NFL, but any quarterback that plays in the NFL. Some people in the NFL that you guys don't even know exist. It's fine. It's okay. They know, they know they exist. That's all that matters. I'm talking like the practice squad guys that get like brought up and then brought right back down, and then they just get like tossed aside. They don't have a daily radio show. Not saying that they're not better than me. They're, they're probably better than me. But the point remains. I've had criticism, and I remember when I first got to Cleveland, I remember when I first got to Cleveland, you you know, you'd get like tweets or something in there, and, and again that's part of my job. I just can't close the, the laptop and say I'm not doing tweets today. And our Twitter reactions brought to you by Shibe Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. We have a sponsor for it every single day. I have to go to the Twitter, okay? But like when I first got here in the first couple of years, I, I'd get a tweet or two or something like that, and somebody'd be they'd say something nasty or something mean, and I was i I'd be like, Oh no. Oh no, the entire city hates me. And you could have five really nice things, and then one bad thing, and you'd be like, "They all hate me." You're like, "Well, look at the five nice things." But it's why it's easier said than done. That's a reality. It's easier said than done. But now you fast forward, and I've been doing this for seven years, and I just don't, I just don't, I care what you guys think, but I just don't, I just don't care about the negative comments at all. They just, just in. I I read it, and uh, okay, fine, I'm numb to it. I'm basically numb to it, right? Because you get enough of it throughout the years, you just become numb numb to it. And the the, the sad part about that now is that you have to remind yourself then with the good stuff, too. Because I I get a lot of really good stuff, and you want to make sure that you appreciate those, and you let those sink in, and it's just not in one ear and out the other. And I'll catch myself from time to time. This might not make me sound the greatest, but I have to tell you guys this to elaborate the point. You know, like that event I went to last night, the Best of Cleveland event. Ran into a lot of different listeners. And by the way, in person, no one's ever said anything mean. Not a single mean thing has ever been said in person. Everyone's always extraordinarily nice. It's incredible how that works. But... In person, I've noticed the, the, you know, I get very similar comment, comments, like routinely. They'll, they'll start off and they'll, they'll say like, oh, I just, I love listening to you at night. I love it. And and like, it's such a nice thing to say and it's so nice to say, but you just think to yourself, you're like, okay, that was like the customary thing for them to say. What's the, what's the unique thing that they're going to have to say that'll really get me excited and remember it, right? Like, if they specifically say, I love the fan focus, I'm like, that's awesome. Not everyone says that. That's cool to hear. I love that. Or I love when you talk about X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, okay, great. But if they say, well, the show, what are the Browns doing on Sunday? That doesn't really stay with me. You know what I mean? You become jaded to it in a weird way on the positive and the negative side of things. That's why I remind myself with the positive. But sometimes with the negatives, you're just like, okay, you, if you wanted to get at me, you had to do it years ago. You just can't, you can't do it now. I got, I have that part of me with a wall there. I, it just, uh, it's been too many bots, too many people I don't think actually exist in real life, too many people that, hell, probably, uh, I might even know that they're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I just, I'm gonna say mean things. It just happens. It happens. You just roll, you roll with the punches. It just doesn't bother you. And I think Deshaun Watson and going through the allegations, I think that was his enter, that was his, his moment entering into that. Because I don't think he got a lot of criticism at Clemson or in Houston. Because all he did in Clemson and Houston was win and be wildly productive. Nobody hates the guy that wins and is wildly productive. I think he got a lot of hate with the allegations, and I think if I'm being honest about it, the man probably had two years to build up a wall. He, I would imagine, has all sorts of people in his inner circle, the inner bubble, and that's the only people he cares and speaks to and acknowledges. Why would he acknowledge anybody else? If he thinks the world just hates him, why would he acknowledge anybody else? I, I heard I heard Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they, they were talking about, the guys in the morning were talking about Donovan Mitchell earlier today. And they were talking about the comment he made at uh, media day saying, oh, all of Cleveland hates me. All of Cleveland hates me. All of Cleveland doesn't hate Donovan Mitchell. Not at all. Not at all. He's in a new environment. He probably got a couple tweets that weren't great. He hasn't built up that wall, and he's like, oh, my God, three people said I suck. They all hate me. It's like you you just got to figure these things out. You got to get numb to it. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is numb to it is the point. I know Deshaun Watson's got to be numb to it. There's no way he's not. Deshaun Watson at this point through all those allegations and being the center of basically being the NFL's devil for two years and, and thinking you're unfairly accused, by the way. We don't have to debate whether he did or didn't do it. It's allegations for a reason, but he has got to be he's got to be numb to it all. And that's why the, this type of stuff doesn't bother him. That's why he's saying I need to be 100% because why would he go out there and risk something at 80%? Be 100%, play at your best and then go from there. He's got no incentive to go out and play at 80% for any one of us. He's got no incentive to go out there and put it all on the line for Kevin Sapansky or Andrew Barry. The man is cashing checks, living in his own bubble, and that's it. I don't even begrudge him for it. I actually think that mentality is not awful if that's the mentality he goes with, where it's like, all right. And now I would I would treat it a little different, and I think what the Browns were hoping for when you gave the guaranteed money is that there'd be a sense of pride there because you want to do the job well and you want to really perform the job at a high level. I would hope that's what Deshaun Watson, at the end of the day, strives for. But at 80%, who's to say it would go great anyway? Who's to say he's 100% right now? Or not 100%, but who's to say he's ready enough in the time off that he had in order to go ahead and ball out if he could? There's a lot there I laid on your plate. I apologize for that. There's a lot there I laid on the plate. We got very into the psyche of Deshaun Watson in that, but I love the psyche of the athlete. I love the psyche of people in general, but I love the psyche of the athlete. And I I love what, not necessarily that we're not going to see Deshaun for an extended amount of time. That isn't great. Like, my eyes are going to bleed at some of the bad football that we're going to have to watch and some of the games we're going to have to try to get ourselves excited and pumped up for. But Deshaun Watson, waiting until he's 100%, doesn't catch me by surprise at all. It's the expected from me. I expected him to come out and say something similar to what's being reported right now. 216474 to below 92.
0: Don in Cleveland up next. Hello, Don. How you doing
1: today? Hey, Don. What's up, man?
0: So you asked what game would be better for him to sit, right? Well, the better game to sit is the that's 49er I, that's game. That's not what I asked. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought you said, is it better for him to miss the 49er game or another game?
1: No, not at all. No, we're not doing an, an either or because that would suggest that he's healthy enough to, to, to like play this week.
0: Because, because, because my point is, if he was going to play one of the, you know, the the, the past game or this game, he's got to play the Ravens game because the Browns are stuck in a math equation right now. And ever since the fancy's been there, he loses the math. He he doesn't get the equation right. He doesn't win the important games in the division in the AFC. Now I understand that. Maybe he couldn't play against the Ravens, but he was medically cleared to play. So to your point you brought up about his psyche, and I think it's a good point, um, he's a football player. If he cannot play when he's not 100%, then we got the wrong guy. And I'm not going to debate, is he better than Baker, is he not better than Baker? But Baker will always be relevant in the conversation until Watson puts together a season better than what Baker did for the Browns. So at the end of the day... The 49ers game doesn't mean squat compared to the Steelers game and the Ravens game, which we already lost, and we're behind the sticks. So we're going to get demolished by the 49ers, probably by 20 points or more. And we're then we are two and three behind the sticks in a division with teams that are worse than us, with roster, that yeah. are playing better than us, and we're going to have to chase them. And this is all on the clock with Watson. Every game is, is on the Watson clock, and we're not going to have all our best players throughout Watson's career. This roster is going to fall apart oh, slowly yeah. as we get closer to the end of the contract. So this is this is a disaster right now, an absolute disaster. And if he will not play unless he's 100%, we're doomed. We're not going to win anything with this guy.
1: I and mean, that's what we got today. And, and thank you, Don. You gave me a lot to, to go off of there. That's what we got today. That's, that's, the, that's what we learned today. Sean's got to be 100%. And I would imagine this is what he does the entire time. And he's in Cleveland. For the duration of the contract, I would imagine this is what he does. That's why you've got to have a backup quarterback that's worth it, say, his weight. I mean, you got to have a backup quarterback that can actually be out there and be functionable. Now, to the Browns, if I'm going to give them a little bit of leeway here, they didn't know that Deshaun was going to go Zion Williamson on their ass. They didn't know that he was going to pull a Zion and say, uh, I don't care that I'm healthy. i got to wait until I'm 100% healthy before you get me out there while he does 360 windmill dunks. They didn't know that he was going to do that. They just didn't know. He had to get injured in order for us to find out. They got the message loud and clear now, though. Hell, I don't think they knew as recently as last week, or else they would have gotten the horn and called up Washington and said, how do we get Jacoby Brissett in here? How do we make that happen? 216474 to below 92. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Are you upset Deshaun's Sean's going to wait this out, or was it the right call in your mind? Fan focus at nine. More to come right here on The Fan. All uh, right, back out of here on The Fan. We got The Fan Focus coming up in 20 minutes. I got to say, though playing with a backup quarterback thing just just flat out sucks it's just not fun last week i i sat there i I let my wife just talk my ear off the entire game i I wasn't taking notes i didn't think about like oh i I really gotta pay attention what's going on here like this is i live for sundays you guys live for sundays and i was like all right well we got red zone on on the other tv let's focus a lot on that How, how are my bets doing and oh yeah We want to organize a trip for February. Okay. Let's talk about that. Now's a good time to do that on a football Sunday. But honestly, when you, when you have a backup quarterback, it just feels like, it feels like the preseason. I couldn't convince myself that Dorian Thompson Robinson should have been taken seriously in that game. I have a real problem with this weekend because even though they made the right call in my mind with PJ Walker, I have a hard time convincing myself that I'm going to think in the middle of that game. Oh boy. What a fun time this is. I, it's just, it's going to be rough. I have a feeling it's going to be rough. It's not even really a hunch. Vegas thinks it's going to be rough. We're all kind of, we're anticipating a wild ride. Uh, We hit turbulence, okay? Maybe we need to have the oxygen mask. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen, but it doesn't seem like it's going to go pretty well. But I want to hear from you, 216-474-0092. Right now we're talking about Deshaun Watson and the newest news, and I'm not that guy. I don't take victory laps. You guys know that about me. No, I don't like to take victory laps, especially over something that is not anything worthy of a victory lap. I just, I, this was not hard to predict. If you paid enough attention to how this was all going down, I really do believe this was always going to be the route. Deshaun Watson won't play until he's pain free. I don't know what part of that should have been surprising to us. Now, I think it hits us like a ton of bricks because now we're sitting there going, all right, it's not just the San Francisco game. Now it's the Colts game potentially. Might be the Seahawks game. How Nick Wilson a week and a half ago said if he's not playing in the Seahawks game, that's a fireable offense for some people. I, I can't wait to see how Nick responds to that line of thinking. Maybe if he joins me on Sunday in the pregame tailgate show and he might, he might. He gave me a might. So that means he might be there. I'm with Chris Fedor at nine o'clock until, uh, Ken Carmen joins the stage at noon. Okay. So we have some people rolling through, but uh, I gotta ask him that question. I don't know what we do. What happens if we go five weeks without Deshaun Watson? It's all bad. It's all bad. I'm not doom and gloom sky is falling guy because you got some bullets to lose. You got some games that you can lose. But this is just not good, guys. There's no. I can't put lipstick on a pig. I would love, you know, this is what I I, want to listen to some of the homers. Some of the big time Browns homers. I want to listen to how they spin this around into a positive. That's what I would be dying to hear right now. You guys listening in your car right now, wherever you're listening? I mean, listen, we'll entertain you. We'll have fun. But the idea that I'm going to give you uh, anything great to feel about right now, I I don't know how you do it. Homers have a great way of spinning into, like, this is great for the team somehow. This would be like somebody coming home and saying, uh, hey, it turns out your 401K went completely down the crap or you have zero money. And turns out your wife is also cheating on you, and now we're gonna repossess your car. Couldn't just do one thing? You had to hit me with everything in life all at once? Okay, great. All right, sure. Like that's what this feels like to me. Just a punch in the in the stomach over and over and over again. Can we get a break? Can we just get a break? Not the quarterback. Take anybody but the quarterback. <sighs> As I turn into a Tim McGraw song, uh, song now, like take anyone but her, take anyone but the quarterback, please. 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-92. Jake popped in. He said, "I got to take Jim in Cleveland." He says it's a wacky idea, but I got to hear it. Hello, Jim.
3: Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Um, well, I think you can have uh, the best of both worlds. You can have uh, Deshaun take as much time as he needs, but also come out looking like a hero. And my my thought was. I would say to Deshaun, put your gear on. You go out for one series, three plays, you hand off twice, and a third down, you throw the ball any way you can. Look at the crowd and shake your head And the fancy comes out, calls a timeout, puts his arm around you, walks you to the sidelines, you greet PJ on the way in. He turns around to the crowd and shakes his head says, I'm sorry.
1: You it, was, it was very descriptive. Yeah, you, got, you got a movie out of it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're describing a movie to me. That's all that, that. Jim, it's ridiculous, but I liked how you described it. Thank you. I. It's crazy. I did. There was a part of me that wondered if Deshaun would have been better served if he did go out there and play like three snaps and then be like, oh, I just can't do it. And then, you know, have like the big writhing pain thing and at least gave us something to talk about on Sunday. My goodness. Obviously, that's, you know, not a real statement. We're just talking things out the way that we do. But I was listening to a show earlier today. It was the first in pod. Well, I'll have the clip for you guys a little bit later on. Uh, but it was Danny Parkins and Filippone and Filippone you guys know from Pittsburgh. And he was just like calling Deshaun a wimp. The dude's a wimp. Well, you don't get called a wimp if you go out there and at least play three downs. Two one six four seven four to below 92, but it's a ridiculous thought, obviously. Mikey and Berea up next. Well, Mikey. Hi. Thanks for my
3: call. Thanks for making All right, so um, I just want to do a quick rant real quick. You got um, it, man. Four is yours. Hey, man, we took a year and a half for this guy. Criticism from the national media, right? And everyone hates Cleveland. We always say Cleveland against the world, right? So we said, hey, we'll stick together with this guy. No worries, right? Top three quarterback, right? Um, to be honest, we might have a Kawhi Leonard situation on our hands, right? You look at the Clippers. They're contenders every year. Why? Because they have Kawhi Leonard and other players, right? But he has all the power in the organization, and that's a problem. Um, we got rid of Baker, and I'm not going to say Baker's Tom Brady, right? But he made us relevant again. And we finally started to win some games. We won a game at Pittsburgh that was big. Probably the greatest game in Cleveland history besides the Cavs' uh, Game 7 win. Okay? Um Honestly, if I had to say anything to Deshaun today, it would be, hey, man, we brought you in because we believe you're a top three quarterback. And I'm not saying that you're not hurt. And I'm not saying, you know, that any one of us can go out there and do your job for you. But we brought you in to win a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a couple years doing it. So this better be worth
1: the wait. In the end. Well, and that's the thing, Mikey, and I appreciate you. Is that if we got to go on a, a ridiculous tear, if he misses five games, we got to we got to basically win every game that Deshaun plays. Because I, even though the Colts have their backup in Gardner Minshew, have you guys looked at Gardner Minshew's numbers? He has like 46 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in his career. He has an insane touchdown interception ratio. Gardner Minshew is no. Gardner Minshew is the guy we should have as our backup right now. I mean, honestly, if it's not Jacoby Brissett, it should be Gardner Minshew. Uh, we have chances here. Geno was a backup until he made the Pro Bowl last year. He got our own backup at one point in uh, November 5th against the Cardinals. Like, we have chances. There's no doubt we have chances to win these games. But if it's PJ Walker, how many people are really feeling that positive right now? 216474 to below 92. Mike and Lorraine up next. I'm Hello, Mike.
2: Hey, uh this is what has to happen. Miles Garrett is very well paid. Yeah. And, uh I mean, this year they've been moving him around a lot, right? So they hadn't been doing that before. So he's been making a lot of plays. But Sunday he has to knock Purdy out and create a turnover that we score off of. Kind of like and what kind of the game it, it was, that'll neutralize us not having uh Deshaun because the crowd will go crazy. Mike, that was the game
1: plan that in that the happened. NFC title game last year. Eagles knocked out Purdy, exactly. and then they they made their way but to the Super Bowl.
2: The Purdy, they couldn't do anything. The game was over. The game was over. It was over. It was over. It was over. Right, but I mean that, maybe they have a they have a better backup now. What they got Darnold, right?
1: It's Darnold, they do have Darnold, but we've watched Darnold play football. Beat Darnold.
2: Well, I wish we had Darnold, huh? I wish we had. Uh, I don't know
1: about that. I mean, he's better than he's better than PJ Walker, but I, I
2: I don't I don't know long term. Well, all I knew is I remember. Did you respect uh, Tim May? Yeah. Okay, so he said when he saw he said Darnold was the most the best college quarterback he had seen throwing to open windows ever.
1: In uh, his time. I bet Tim would take that back right now. Maybe in college he was. Now, ask him,
2: if you ever if you ever interview him, ask him that. You don't uh, believe that? No, I believe, that. I, I believe I that. believe you. That's I mean, why I had any faith in the Darnolds.
1: He's on Baskin and Phelps I, every I, I week. Darnold was going to be good. Yeah, yeah. All what, right. That? I said he's on Baskin and Phelps right, every that, week. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll come across him at some right. point here. All right.
2: Okay. And uh, the other thing is, um, do what, what, as far as the Cavs go. Right.
1: You want a capstone? Um, yeah,
2: sure. Why not? Like, do you, like why, why were you so like you were really hard on uh, Bickerstaff? He got a little uh, agitated with you. He said that was an easy so. target. Did you think he got agitated?
1: I didn't sense that. I honestly didn't sense that. I think uh, I think you'll he go listen to the tape. I know. I'll take your word for it. I think he got mad that I kind of pushed him in the second question because I didn't throw him softballs. People like when you throw them softballs, and I kind of really went for what is a tougher than most people would give question. But I got to do that, Mike. That's my job. That's how I. That's how I do this. I know
2: it's your job. I know it's your job. That's why the only guy who asks good questions in the press conference really is Shudell. Oh, but I Chidell love Shudell in the press conference. <laughs> I love Shudell I mean, in the press it, conference. I know what. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why all the like, you know, fainting and dirt, I mean, and you can't be blunt. Well, they, just, I, I mean, The other thing is this: they are. Yeah. The other thing is the Browns' PR department has been a disaster. Mike, you're trying to, I, I can't just have going your... back to Kim Couch. Mike, going back to Kim Couch being allowed to talk to the media after being concussed, all through. Right. I mean, you Mike, know, time and time again, why don't they hire somebody who works in the Cleveland media who understands the media, the fan base? And they can control their message. They're always, like, putting out fires. And these dudes are making good money, these VPs, right? They're making, like, 500000 a year. To be a and PR guy,
1: you're not making $500,000. Mike, i got to go. I'm up against it. Against, go. Yeah, the vice president, vice president is. is. Mike would have gone for the next half hour if I didn't take, if I didn't get rid of him there.
0: He was strong tonight, man. He was
1: very strong tonight, but he was, you could tell that man came with some things. He wanted to talk. That was going to be the the Mike and JP show in like three seconds if I didn't, if I didn't put an end to that. We can't go at PR teams, by the way. I don't want to go at PR teams because I don't want the phone call the next day about somebody going after PR teams and me not sticking up for them. I don't need that. Tomorrow's a Saturday. That is my off day. I'm not even doing <laughs> CBS Sports Radio tomorrow. I'm going to sit back. I, in the morning, I'm going to a dog store to buy a bunch of uh, dog gifts for my my sister's dog because I'm seeing my sister in a week in Chicago. So I'm getting my my sister's dog some gifts in the morning. I, my wife texted me, said we need to go to the Apple store. I said, okay, we can go to the Apple store. And then I'm watching college football all day. That's my Saturday. I'm not doing a phone call. I'm not doing emails with people. No, thank you. And I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. All right. Uh, we come on back. And if you're hanging, hang tight. Uh, we got an open segment coming up at 920. I want all your guys' reaction uh, at JP on Twitter as well. But at 9 o'clock, as we always do, is the fan focus. Stay tuned. Here's a little snippet of what you're going to hear in the fan focus. This is Dustin with a caller earlier today. They get Things get heated in this.
0: And have to tell bro, I don't you care that me. much, bro.
3: I don't care that much, bro.
0: He don't have to tell you anything, Dustin. I don't care that much, bro. I, honestly, I, I'm, I don't care that much, bro. That's why Cleveland can't win, because of guys like you. He don't yeah. have to tell you yeah. You know what? Hang hang up on this guy, Nick. This guy's an a-hole. <laughs>
1: right. That and more with Dustin, Nick, and everyone else with the Fan Focus, next right here on The Fan.